0: Hello! Welcome to Ona, Ross, and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, claims of the paranormal, no way we get on that arc ourselves.
1: That's right, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher.
0: And I'm Carrie Poppy, and I did not show up.
1: Uh, But you've shown up here.
0: That's true, to your apartment.
1: And this is the final segment of our main (laughs) arc arc we'll be back to talk a little bit of shop about like some of the the legal wranglings but it's a wild one this was the the final day of this homeschooling conference and after ken ham had said his final piece now they'd called us all back for an encounter with Kirk Cameron.
0: Oh, man.
1: The big celebrity of this whole deal.
0: Oh, of this whole culture, this whole mini culture. So if you don't know, Kirk Cameron was a child actor in the 90s. He was on Growing Pains. Mm -hmm. Mike Seaver. Oh, okay. That was his character's name. Mm-hmm.
1: And, That's his claim to fame.
0: And his sister is Candace Cameron Bure from Full House and Fuller House. Mm-hmm. I think a bit more successful than he.
1: Oh, okay. She still does yeah.
0: Hallmark movies and stuff.
1: Hallmark movies. He does Life Mark movies.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Now, he has dedicated pretty much his entire career to this kind of activism slash art and way more activism than art.
1: Yeah, both he and his sister became Christians and became active about it, right? But he was particularly radicalized.
0: I'm pretty sure they both grew up evangelical.
1: He has a whole little story about like being atheist before. Oh, sure. Don't they all? all? (laughs) Well, this audience was sure excited for Kirk Cameron because this auditorium, we were back in the answer center was Chock Full. Uh, you know, he's the big celebrity name, and I know when you and I saw this conference, we're like, Kirk Cameron's going to be there. Oh my goodness, let's do this.
0: Yeah, I've only met him once.
1: Oh, that's right. You and Claire went to one of his
0: talks? Yeah, he was debate. Is this right? He was debating...
1: That's not uh, right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if he was just... Maybe he was an additional speaker at this debate, but it was between a guy from the Creation Institute. <laughs> okay. And... A scientist from not the creationist perspective.
1: And you always have to wonder whenever somebody is invited by Ken Ham to anything, is there going to be any doctrinal... Disagreements? Is he going to say anything mm, that's kind of mm, out of line? Mm, with right, because
0: he's such a taskmaster about it.
1: Right. But then I guess that also means that he's vetted these folks in advance. So, right. all right, Kirk Cameron seems to be on board with all this ARC stuff. But yeah, anyone who hasn't followed the career of Kirk Cameron like we have maybe doesn't. <laughs> First of all, how dare you? Yeah. And if you weren't raised in the know, like 80s and 90s, maybe you don't know Growing Pains. You don't have him as kind of this figure in your head. He was on that show with Leonardo DiCaprio, too, wasn't he?
0: I didn't know Leonardo DiCaprio was on a TV show.
1: Talk about having a uh, much bigger uh, reach afterward. Anyway, so he's been in all kinds of Christian movies and media, like the Left Behind, one of the Left Behind Mm -hmm. series. He was very much involved with that. And uh, yeah, he's now just kind of given his life fully over to Christ, but also kind of wants to keep one foot in Hollywood.
0: Yes, barely. One toe. Like he wants to like harness the power of Hollywood, but it's got none of the vibe of Hollywood.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's Uh, way
0: more Christianity than movies. Well, it's
1: this, you know, from, from all pious folks who want to create media, it's this feeling of why can't we have just as interesting movies as the secular world? Right. And they don't realize that the pious films that they make just give you answers and don't ask interesting questions and and don't understand why people don't want this didactic stuff shoved down their gullets.
0: The teaching comes first and then way Mm -hmm. below that is storytelling. It's not like there isn't any good storytelling that has a theistic point of view, but Mm -hmm. theirs is just like... Okay, we want to teach you 25 things. Let's write them down. Now, how do we develop a story and a movie around these 25 things?
1: Yeah, but what's weird, we did all the things that the secular filmmakers did. Why? Mm-hmm. Anyways, we'll get to that because we've got a, a film that he premiered at the conference that now Carrie and I have both seen. Yes. We'll talk about it at the end. Okay, so this is 645 at night. We're inside. They've got the lights down low. There's this big patriotic display on this gigantic screen that they have up in the answer center and it has an American flag floating over a starry sky and underneath it some regal mountains
0: yeah it looks like uh like Utah area or something
1: snow-capped mountains that yeah that would make sense and they want to kick this off with a real patriotic feel
0: yeah this looks right wing
1: oh yeah well (laughs) (laughs) it's
0: everything's in red white and blue
1: that is the wing we are going to be in tonight
0: (laughs) Okay. So they, yeah, very red, white, and blue.
1: And there's this circular logo in the center that says "American Campfire Revival."
0: Yeah. Okay. Yep.
1: Their little logo, but they kick it off with this video. Oh, I
0: just have a little farm in the foreground, too. American farmland. Got it.
1: Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yep, Mm -hmm. you got some silos and stuff.
0: Homesteading. Good point. Taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm.
1: All right, let me show you. I found this on YouTube. This is a piece called Old Glory by Evangelo Morris. And I, I won't play the whole thing for the audience, but you'll see just how they kick this off. Okay.
2: I would like for you to know that I believe that if our flag could speak, these are the words that it would say. I am the flag of the United States of America. My name is Old Glory. I stand for peace, truth, honor, and justice. I stand for freedom. When I am flown with my fellow banners, my head is held a little higher. Except for my God, I bow to no one. I am recognized all over the world. I am sovereign. I am saluted. I am respected, I am honored, I am loved, and yet I am feared. I have fought in every battle of every war for more than 200 years. Some of these battles include Gettysburg, Shiloh, Appomattox, San Juan Hill, the trenches of France, the Aragon Forest, Anzio, Rome, the beaches of Normandy, Guam, Okinawa, Korea, Kisan, Saigon, Vietnam, Afghanistan, Iraq, Kuwait, Syria, and scores of other places long forgotten by all, except those that were there with me, I know because I was there. I was at ground zero in New York City on September the 11th as cowardly fanatics attacked America. I was raised from the ashes of once proud buildings by brave firefighters. But my finest hour comes when my stripes are torn into strips to be used as bandages to cover the wounds of my fellow comrades on the field of battle. Long may I wait, dear God, long may I wait. Who's gonna tell him what that? Uh,
0: it's not always the, flags the same can't talk? flag. No, oh, okay. It's like when a kid is like, "I saw it's Santa." Poetry, Carrie. I saw Santa at the mall. <laughs> okay, but I also saw Santa. <laughs>
1: That's your critique of this. <laughs> yeah,
0: that the okay. restaurant down the street. Sure. Oh, oh, well, Santa was in both places. Mm-hmm. Santa okay. did both things. Uh-huh. That's how this guy sees the flag. It's not waving over all those things. Those are different flags.
1: <laughs> okay. You yeah. know why? Mm-hmm.
0: They're inanimate objects. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Well. This was the tone that they started off with when, you know, this whole weekend has been about science, homeschooling, and Noah's Ark, and the Bible, but now we're just into full, like, nationalism Mm -hmm. mode. Yeah. And the audience was eating it up. They love this. This is great. And then we went straight into the national anthem being sung. Wow,
0: okay. So
1: we all stand up, and Carrie can see, like, this place is jam-packed. Did the
0: flag sing it? No. Okay.
1: The young lady did. The, no one ever said her name, so I don't know who sang that. But uh, she did a good job. She hit all the right notes. And uh, yeah, we're all standing, putting our hands over our heart. Just interesting. Okay. This is a different feel.
0: Yeah. What'd you do? Uh, one time I was the speaker at my commencement and I didn't know we were going to be standing and singing for the flag. And I was like, I'm not doing that. So I just sat there and turns out that makes a commotion when you're the commencement speaker.
1: Oh, and you don't... Uh, yeah, I was okay. just like,
0: I'll just sit, you know, and people are like... Blah, 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 blah. I'm
1: fine singing the National Anthem. Okay, just went with it. Doesn't give me a problem. So uh, there we go. Now we've set the tone and Kurt Cameron comes out and everybody's whooping and hollering. We're all excited. And he's just wearing like a olive drab green t-shirt that... Uh, Has an American flag, but uh, the stripes are black, and instead of stars, it just says pray. In all caps.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: (laughs) And he's got dark blue jeans. He's got boots. He's got close shaved hair and a neatly trimmed beard. And you can see there's a lot of gray in there.
0: Yeah. When Drew and I were watching the movie we're going to talk about later, we were arguing over well, you know, we're trying to piece together how old is he?
1: Mm -hmm. Because they've kind of
0: like olded him up. But
1: yeah, he was born in 1970. And I think they added gray to his hair for the movie for when he's in present time. And then when they do the flashbacks, he can wash the gray out.
0: Right. Okay. So this is 52-ish. Okay.
1: He's got an athletic build. He's kept himself in good shape. He's gesturing a lot with his hands Mm -hmm. as he talks, uh, which is good. He doesn't have to hold a mic because he's wearing like the little Britney mic.
0: What's that to his right or left?
1: Ah, yeah. So Carrie's noticing in the middle of the stage, there's this little plinth, this table covered in cloth that has something shrouded on top of it.
0: Oh, okay. This is going
1: to be a big reveal.
0: Ah, okay. He's going to
1: tell us exactly what that thing is.
0: Okay, got it.
1: And so he tells everybody, I'm so excited about this conference. I haven't seen him around anywhere. I don't think he's actually been attending the conference. He probably just arrived. But he's excited that this conference is happening. Mm -hmm. And he says, I see you all as the pioneer parents. You're the risk takers. You're the -the out-of-the-box thinkers. Oh, man. You're the hope of the kingdom of God. Oh, wow. You don't fall into conventions. Uh, except this convention we're all attending. (laughs) You have the courage to take hold of the education of your children and stand with your convictions and trust the promises of God. And from the bottom of my heart and my wife Chelsea's heart, thank you.
0: Wow. It sounds like information control.
1: Sure, but in a good way, he would say. He would agree with you.
0: Sure, sure.
1: Information needs to be controlled. So he's here to tell us about the American Campfire Revival. Okay. And he said, you know, it's not about murka stuff. That's not what we're all about or what mm-hmm. we're saying. It's like, you could have fooled me with this. <laughs> yeah,
0: no kidding. The,
1: the Old Glory speech and the national anthem singing. I,
0: I agree that there's something bad here and it's not me.
1: It's right. And then after saying, you know, it's not just about murka then he- went into a little aside about his grandfather fighting at Iwo Jima. I'm like, well that sounds like you're doing more rah rah sure, America stuff. Sure. But he said, We get it. We understand that America is not the kingdom of God, but Okay. It's the creation of people who took Judeo-Christian principles seriously.
0: Okay. So there's
1: going to be a lot tonight about establishing that the founders were all about creating a Christian nation,
0: uh, okay.
1: Uh, which is a controversy. And mm-hmm. we get mm-hmm. only one side of it in this presentation. Yep. And these founders, they wanted more freedom. They wanted more blessing. And that's what we've had more than any other place on the planet. And that's why people are breaking laws to get in here. Nice little reference to our border.
0: Sure. So he thinks that we've been more blessed than every other nation. Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Because our charter was based on God's laws.
0: Yeah. I'm just wondering what he sees as like the objective blessings that we definitely have that other countries don't have.
1: Probably like the Land Rover he drove in on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know what he drives, but <laughs> yeah. You know.
0: um, America's wealth, generally. It's,
1: it's weird, though, because he he did nod to that multiple times like, you know, aren't we all prosperous and doing really well? Mm. But at the same time, they want to complain about all the things that are wrong with America and the mm. things that they're lacking. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It seems like kind of a dual message and, and one side or the other gets stressed depending on what point they're trying to make in the moment.
0: Yeah, you also have to wonder what economic class he's in and what economic class represents the average audience member sitting in front of him Mm
1: -hmm. well certainly his is going to be an order of magnitude higher than the average at least i would think and he says are we perfect no but our successes have been unique in the history of the world when we hold on to god's plan and it's worth fighting for that gets a big applause from the audience And he says, I'm concerned that we've lost our way. Are you? And the audience agrees. Yeah. Yeah. So he lists public schools and children's exposure to phones and computers. And I'm not just talking about pornography here, but the narrative. There's a narrative about the color of their skin and what gender they are.
0: Oh, okay. And
1: whether they should be ashamed to even be an American.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: They're being taught that Christianity itself is the source of the problems in the world.
0: Interesting. Okay. Uh, I mean, I I can't argue that I've never heard anyone say any of those things.
1: And this is an all-out attack on Christianity and the Bible. It's aimed at your children and geared towards changing their minds. And you folks in the audience are not letting that happen.
0: Wow. Yeah, this sounds very brainwashy. You know, they're going to. Oh, yeah. Not as in he's trying to perform a brainwashing, but as in, like, you should be afraid of the brainwashing mm-hmm. out there targeting your kids. Oh,
1: absolutely. And because they're doing that, let's do it in the opposite direction. Yeah. I, I feel like they kind of need to believe that it's a coordinated effort from the outside that you have this enemy. And then it sort of justifies, like, well, here's why we are so closely monitoring the sourcing on ideas that reach our children. Right, right. Because, you know, we're not just being overattentive and hovering helicopter parents. It's because we're actively fighting off this intentional plan to brainwash our
0: children. Right, and and which is working, right?
1: So we asked the audience, do we have any real chance of turning this around or is it hopeless and everybody says yeah we do you
0: accidentally gave us two options instead of one and it's harder to shout back yeah
1: though i I think he did just give them okay (laughs) but uh he said okay i'm so glad to hear you say that it all comes down to one big question who rules the world and we have now he gives them three options oh god okay satan
0: okay oh come on number three come on number three or man Okay, man.
1: And this was a fun moment. He said, If you're a secular humanist, you don't believe in God. Again, I'm interested that he uses the phrase secular humanist rather than atheist, but here we are. And he says, I'm assuming most of us in this room are not in that category. (laughs) If not, I'd like to talk to you after the conference. I was like, Oh, Kirk Cameron wants to talk to me after the conference. Uh, That didn't happen. You should reach out. Uh, Yeah. Kirk, come on the show.
0: Uh, yeah. We'll talk anytime. I wonder if he'd respond. Appar- Let's try.
1: Apparently, he lives out here somewhere.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. He's in Hollywood. That's
1: right. He said, but in here, we all understand there's really only two options either Satan is the ruler of this world or God is the ruler oh, of this wow. world. Oh,
0: wow. So, really, not that third option. Hmm. At least
1: in this room, we don't need to argue that point. We've, okay. You know, we're down to right. two.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Because if it's, if you answer man, You're answering Satan. Yeah,
1: and my immediate thought was, well, I remember being told many different ways as a youth that Satan is the ruler of this world. Mm -hmm. And he said, Mm -hmm. I know all the verses, and he quotes certain key phrases that those of us raised in all of this are used to, like the prince of the power of the air. That's Satan, Mm -hmm. you know, given as evidence that he rules over this world. Also, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, and he kind of rattles off four different supporting verses. He says, but I also know that God is the sovereign. So who is the ruler? And I want to lay out the logical outcome of these ideas because these views matter on whether we can turn this around or not. So then he brings up, there's sort of a running slideshow behind him. So he brings up this slide titled, Worldview of Many 20th Century Christians.
0: 20th, I always have to do this. 20th century, 1900s. That's right. Okay.
1: Maybe the slide is just old.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, or I see. Or
1: I, I think he would easily say this is the view of many 21st century Christians okay. as well. Okay,
0: but he's not going to distinguish that.
1: And here he puts on his glasses to read it off to us. But if the assumption is that the world is controlled by Satan, well, then it follows that the state is corrupt and can be expected to also be controlled by Satan. And Mm. so then you have Satan kind of in charge of culture and schools and home and even the church. But God exerts his power only on this kind of small aspect of the spiritual life of the church.
0: I assume Kirk doesn't. Agree?
1: He does not agree. Okay. Yeah, he's trying to make the opposite point. But he lays that out as like, okay, well, this is one view of the world. And if that's the case, then we're kind of powerless. Eventually, Satan's just going to win. He's in power. But he says, that's not the way our forefathers understood it. They saw the devil as a defeated foe. God is sovereign. And Jesus sitting on his throne as the ruler of this world. And that gets like a big applause and shout from the audience. So they're willing to sign on with that. Yeah, God's in control.
0: Right. Okay.
1: But, you know, I think he needed to make that point to win over some people in the audience who would just reflexively say, well, wait a second. Satan, yeah. I've Satan heard this the ruling thing. power.
0: Mm-hmm. It feels like, a what's that phrase? A distinction without a difference, but sure. But I, I follow.
1: Yeah, it I seems like it. even if you believe Satan is the ruler, you'd still want to fight against him and yeah. be the loyal opposition. Right, right. But he says, because of this, every activity in our lives from making babies to voting to sporting culture to our leisure time, they're all religious and sacred activities. And this gives us a perspective that we can actually win.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: So he says our forefathers, the Pilgrims, okay, understood this well. It's so like, huh? Okay, you're calling the Pilgrims our forefathers. Interesting. Yeah,
0: name one. Name one of those people.
1: I don't think at any point in this whole presentation that the word enlightenment was ever said.
0: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
1: the Pilgrims are the ones that set up this nation.
0: Uh, I'm reading. Kurt Anderson's Fantasyland, yeah. finally, and there's uh, some really interesting history around this and what we think of as the Enlightenment and how it actually went down.
1: Well, it's funny because he even references here that they had a 500 year plan to convert as many people as possible. Oh yeah, and Fantasyland is all about this kind of 500 year history. I don't think the Pilgrims anywhere set out like within 500 years we are going to, mm-hmm. you know, convert mm-hmm. this whole nation, uh, this whole continent. Uh, was yeah, a nation at the time. Yeah, doesn't
0: seem like it was their vibe.
1: But he says instead of praying for the rapture they got active they got on a boat they came over here of course they were fleeing persecution so they could go do their own persecuting mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay so here we get to this big reveal so oh
0: yeah okay what is this big item in the middle of the
1: so stage? the he pilgrims immortalized their principles in granite and left their secret sauce recipe for us
0: Okay.
1: And their goal was to create a nation with blessing for everyone, even if they don't believe in the Bible. Wow, how nice. This is called the National Monument to the Forefathers. So he brings up this picture of this big granite statue, apparently either one of the or the largest uh, granite statues in the world. Okay, It's hidden in a forest in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Okay. It's on top of a hill, but most people just don't know it's there. Okay. He says it's 88 feet tall. Wikipedia says it's 81, but... We're in the ballpark.
0: And who is that at the top?
1: He oh, he's going to tell us exactly who is in this monument. That's going to be okay. the, the subject of the next fifteen minutes oh,
0: of no. talk.
1: Don't worry, I'll gloss them, rattle uh, them off, Kurt. Yeah, come yeah. on. <laughs> uh, but this is really important to him. And so it turns out he actually made a documentary about this monumental in search of America's mm. national treasure, a 2012 documentary
0: in search of. Uh huh. But this was already there, right? Yes. It's just him taking a camera crew like on a bus to this
1: i don't know interviewing Man. talking heads senators i don't know okay <laughs> yeah i, I need huh. to watch this film i haven't yet
0: yeah okay fair enough i've watched so much kurt cameron material his christmas documentary mm,
3: mm-hmm. oh my
0: oh i'm sorry not it's not a documentary it's a scripted movie but <laughs> it's uh it makes the case that christmas as we know it is actually great we should have more consumerism we should involve oh, like right. culture oh. more completely in Christmas than it already is. Oh right, doesn't it's he have really some really bizarre? Doesn't
1: he have some silly talking point about like if you look at the skyline of the yes, city, it this looks is like my presents. Part, so I
0: probably told you, yeah. <laughs> if you look at presents all lined up on Christmas <sighs> night, and you see box next to box next to box, and you know they're all different levels. If you turn the lights down low and look at that. It's like looking at Jerusalem and <laughs> okay. the night oh. Jesus was born. All way around.
1: Okay, the gifts look like the, <laughs> the city line of Jerusalem. Wow. Or Bethlehem, I guess. Oh, my goodness. Uh, can we call these flockumentaries?
0: Uh, why? Because they, they're oh, made, they for the made for flock? the flock? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Although the one I'm talking about really was well Okay, it was talking, a narrative right? project. Yeah, are, Though I'm sure the, characters. the
1: tree probably had flocking on it. So still a flockumentary. There you go.
0: There's also a dance sequence.
1: Oh, you you talked me into it. <laughs> it's
0: not good. <laughs> I, was, I, I was on the edge, but
1: now I'm in. You
0: should watch it. Absolutely. I think it's called Saving Christmas.
1: <laughs> That's fantastic. And and so he is really bullish on the statue, and he says, Most of your congress people and senators, you know, don't even know that this exists. Who
0: cares? It's oh he cares. Sta- he's it's one statue. He cares
1: a lot. So he shows us this picture and the way he's been talking about it.
0: sorry i see the picture coming up here
1: okay yes so the picture is kirk cameron pulling the shroud off of this probably two and a half foot tall reproduction of said statue right and then he's showing a photo of people gathered around the statue in plymouth massachusetts and so he tells us yes he hired the weta workshop So they're the ones that did the effects for Lord of the Rings, you know, the special effects house Peter Jackson started in New Zealand.
0: Whoa. And they're
1: they're known for doing high quality 3D modeling and printing.
0: Okay, makes sense.
1: So he hired them to make an exact replica down to its finest detail of that monument. And he says that he's had thousands of these made and he's giving them out to politicians, presidents of universities and parents who want to make a change.
0: Okay, and I guess that's nice.
1: He just said he made- If
0: you like statues.
1: Well, he really loves this statue. And he he just says he made thousands of them, but he says that all the ones that they brought here to the conference have already been given out. Okay. Uh, but there's a website where you can order your own if you want one. Ooh,
0: I wonder how much it is.
1: $300. Okay. Oh, it's 28 inches. Okay, a little over two feet. Yep. Okay. I don't actually want one, so I'm not going to. But the way he's talking about this thing Mm -hmm. That, like, the pilgrims left their secret sauce for us, and it's there in Plymouth. You would think it was built by the pilgrims.
0: Yeah, relevant in some way other than uh, honoring them. And
1: I'm thinking of, like, the daughters of the Confederacy that have made all of these statues, you know, for the Civil War generals of the South. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking it's some later group, some pious group that came in and made this thing. Sure enough, it was dedicated. August 1st, 1889 by the Pilgrim Society. So Okay,
0: this must just have like different founding fathers on it that I'm used to.
1: Uh no, these aren't real people. These are concepts on oh. on this. Yes. So uh,
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So okay, yeah, what's on this thing? So he starts pointing out feature by feature to us what the statue is. So imagine something that looks just at a glance, it's roughly like the Statue of Liberty, where you have Uh like this big figure on the top, but there are more figures kind of seated around. Also reminds me a little bit of uh, the statue in front of the Griffith Observatory Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. Los Angeles, because that has a bunch of famous astronomers around the sides of it. Uh, But okay, on the top, you have Faith.
0: Sure, so she is most the most important,
1: the largest of the sculptures. She has a star on her forehead representing wisdom, which sounds a little like occultic. I to was me. just
0: thinking that you'd think someone would be upset that like, that's the Illuminati mm, somehow. It's
1: exactly. Yeah, and if that was at all a statue by somebody else of some other ideological bent, you'd be like, "That's terrible." <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Good point.
1: She has one hand pointing up to the heavens, but the other hand is holding the Bible.
0: Mm. And not
1: any old Bible. It's the Geneva Bible. Okay. So he's all excited about this because that was the first Bible in English that had the chapters and verses where you could go kind of oh. look up a specific. Useful. Reference. Sure. Obviously, those denotations were not in the original. No one called sure. them chapters or anything. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But that so, is
0: how I write my letters, though. Oh, like, with chapter dear, and dear verse. Dear Drew, too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We are together in one accord. Three. Three. <laughs> and we shall have ice cream together for...
0: <laughs> that would be a really useful way to get your notes done.
1: I imagine that's how like Joseph Smith spoke.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a telegram.
1: So then there are four major figures seated below Faith. So you have morality, and that's a woman with her eyes closed because she's looking internally.
0: Ooh, Okay. That's symbolic.
1: I mean, justice also always is depicted with uh, eyes covered Uh because supposed to be blind.
0: But specifically being morality that you like look internally for with no external input seems not great.
1: Sure. Fair enough. She's also holding like a tablet that looks like half of the Ten Commandments, essentially, to represent the Old Testament. And then she has a scroll of the Revelation to represent the New Testament. And then next to her is law. So you have a, a guy facing the other way, and I don't know, Kirk was talking about good laws and bad laws. I don't know, he just has, like, a book. I don't know what's <laughs> written in that book. He, he made a lot of points about all of this because he was kind of riffing on each one of these and why these things are important and how they relate to homeschooling, et cetera. Uh, then you've got education.
0: Boo!
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's... Uh, A woman pointing at a book, so I assume
0: assume it's a
1: good book. And then he—no,
0: women want to take fruit.
1: He shows us liberty. What a pretty photo! Yeah, and this uh, is—he says, "Then this guy is a stud. (laughs) He's wearing the full armor of God, uh, though he has a skirt to cover his nether regions. Mm -hmm. I know you were all worried about that. He's holding the sword of the spirit, though. When I zoom in, it looks like some kind of club or paddle or something. Yeah, it's really short. Doesn't look like a sword, but okay.
0: Huge cigar.
1: And then on the side of each of these seated figures, there's two more smaller figures.
0: Yes. Wisdom and profit.
1: Yeah. So as you go around, each of the four chairs has little reliefs on each side of two additional characters. So we get profit, Wisdom, Peace, Justice, Mercy, Tyranny, Evangelist, Youth, and he's got little descriptions for each one. So that's why he spends a long time on this statue showing it to us.
0: It's interesting the lack of parallelism though. Like
1: Right. Yeah. They're like some of them are con- figures, characters. Concepts. Right.
0: Yeah. Prophet and evangelist stick out as
1: but they're all personified different. like this person is the representation of wisdom. Yeah, but Th- then
0: make her prophecy anyway. Yes. Anyway. I,
1: I'm I'm with you. No agreement there agreement amongst us but not amongst <laughs> these names and not these us statues. with the statue exactly so there you go if you're convinced by this and want your own copy a mere three hundred dollars will get it to you and
0: of course faith is on the top because that's the most important mm-hmm. leads all the others good 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 Though, don't see a problem there i
1: don't know but i thought the greatest of these was supposed to be love but...
0: oh right was love on there nope oh well You know, I took the via character strengths survey recently Mm -hmm. and said that- I'm nodding
1: like I, I, I'm saying (laughs) mm -hmm like I know what that is.
0: Yeah. It's like you tell it things about yourself and then it tells you other things about you and you go, wow, what insight. Okay. I have no idea if it's scientifically validated, but the first like five of my top values totally made sense to me. Love was 12. Oh, Okay. I felt kind of humiliated by that. I was like, love huh? is 12? <laughs> but then I was looking at the entire list and I was like, yeah, all of these are more important than love.
1: Okay. Well, I was going to say, you could agree that all the things are important mm-hmm. while giving primacy no, to some. No, some of the bottom
0: ones I was like, good. I don't want any of that. Okay. like Yeah. One was basically religiosity.
1: Oh, sure. Okay. And
0: my lowest one was humility. All right. And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't want that. That's okay. No All right. Yeah.
1: So he says the gospel is not just about getting you personally saved. It's about a culture-shaping message that spreads out to the nation and, here's a new word, heavenizes the mm. whole world. Uh, yeah, he uses this word heavenize a few times. Okay, that's new to me.
0: Heavenizes the whole world. Yeah. Well, that's kind of nice, I guess. To
1: make the world... More like heaven, heaven, even though, you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses believe that the world will be turned into heaven, but presumably he he doesn't.
0: He just pictures a bunch of statues in heaven, I guess.
1: How do we do this? So we've been called to be liberty men and women and wear the full armor of God.
0: Okay. We should
1: be men and women of character, self-govern, loving God with our whole hearts and our neighbors as ourselves, and we need to teach our children Okay, so he now wants to introduce us to a new character, a Liberty Man, who founded Patriot Academy.
0: Oh, clap, 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 clap,
1: clap, clap. This is an exciting new project that will be something more than just watching Fox News and feeling that the world is falling apart.
0: Oh, no, that gives me a peek into his life, okay?
1: So he invites Rick Green, and they play this promo on the screen it's something you can sign up for you can join their flagship program which is to create a leadership laboratory to grow up the politicians of tomorrow
0: Mm. for 16
1: to 25 year olds they have a student congress
0: oh wow
1: they also have a military congress oh boy our constitutional coach program might be for you because that's for people of any age you can take a biblical citizenship class uh, Constitution Alive, that's one of their other courses, or now Kirk Cameron's American Campfire Revival, which they're just now kicking off, and we're going to give you all these tools. Okay, I'm going to play a bit of this uh, promo for you, Carrie. You got to hear this. Okay.
4: In addition to these at-home or community classes, we encourage everyone to join us in person for our Constitutional Defense courses. Where well, you will learn how to defend yourself physically with a firearm, but also learn how to intellectually defend the constitution. We work with the best firearms instructors in the country. And no matter what your level of experience, man or woman, young or old, you will walk away from this court with a sense of security and confidence because you will learn how to safely and proficiently defend yourself and your family. Like so many, you may be struggling with hope For America, Well, if history tells us anything, it's that God only needs a remnant that is willing to fight for a righteous cause. We here at Patriot Academy, we're fighting for the cause of freedom for our children and our children's children. We will not sit back and watch as cultural Marxism tries to destroy this nation from within. We're fighting back with a militia of the mind.
0: Oh, man. You know, my first reaction to hearing that, like, ammunition of the mind, my first feeling is, like, that's chilling. Yeah, yeah. And then my second feeling is, like, is it? Like, should I let that be chilling? Uh This is so stupid.
3: You know, like,
0: can I find a way where instead of being threatened by you being this dumb,
3: (laughs) Uh (laughs) I can instead Uh
0: just be, like, more assured in my position that, like, this is your argument? Okay, no problem. I have a better place I'm starting from. Mm,
1: mm -hmm. Though he's also already started this program that's releasing tons of videos, trying to recruit new people. And not only do they have their constitutional defense course where they teach you how to argue the Constitution, but they are teaching literal shooting classes with guns. Yeah, I really
0: hate that. (laughs) I hate guns so much. Uh, I hate them.
1: It was uh, was just wild. And then I was showing Carrie, like, while he was talking, there was a slide that came up showing people shooting guns together. Just what a thing to combine.
0: Yeah, while you're talking about, like, love and peace and Jesus.
1: Right, but also the fear of cultural Marxism (laughs) taking over the nation. cultural
0: Marxism.
1: So they've already recruited 12,000 constitutional coaches and that number grows every day. <laughs>
0: oh, can I become one for yeah. a small fee? Uh, a fee?
1: This is robbing the the later reveal. Well, let's just say I don't know about the Patriot Academy, if okay. that's a fee or not. Okay. it's a good question.
0: Yeah, because these coaches, I, I associate coaching, especially with social media influencers. Coaching, mm-hmm. like mental health coaching is so big right now, and you just don't have to have any license or whatever, as long as you call yourself a coach. Sure. This feels very similar, where it's like, I don't know, they're going to what inspire you they're gonna coach you to be a better patriot just doesn't seem like it would have any meat to it anyway
1: and he ends all that off by saying together we'll fight to ensure the torch of freedom is passed intact to the next generation so yeah a lot of this kind of militaristic language talking about fighting
0: Mm, not good
1: okay so then kirk cameron comes back on they high-five each other so Rick Green is the guy who's been narrating this. Uh, now he's here in person, dressed kind of similarly to Kirk, though he's got a gray button-up shirt. But, you know, he's also a white guy with the short, cropped, graying hair mm-hmm. and uh, a goatee, which comes up. Rick Green comes out and he says, I got to say, Kirk's got the better, fuller beard because he's just got the goatee portion. And Kirk said, someone told me that we have words for people without beards, women and children. <laughs>
0: what okay so every man needs to have one uh-huh, okay got it that's
1: the assumption damn so rick says he's super excited to be teaming up with kirk cameron and i don't know if i should be telling kirk this because he's from california but i had a dream about him the, the bad
0: because <laughs> he's from california is this a gay joke no okay okay
1: they have no compunctions about making gay jokes but this okay, just doesn't okay. happen to be one he said so the bad part of the dream was that we all died And we're getting shown around heaven, and uh, we're with a pastor, and there's a little shack there for him in heaven, but Kirk and I, we have these big mansions across the street, and I'm thinking, this is crazy, shouldn't it all be the same? Why does the pastor have the little shack? then we're told that we have many pastors, just too many here in heaven. Mm. But for you Hollywood folks, we really need to roll out the red carpet Dang. because we don't see God in politics or Hollywood. So that that's the whole point of this dream that he obviously just made up. It wasn't a real dream.
0: A very self-aggrandizing. Uh uh-huh,
1: That Holy he gets crap. the mention in heaven because we're taking this to Hollywood we're taking this to social media. Oh, never
0: mind, I have a lot of humility compared to this guy. <laughs> wow, I expect to be number one or two in heaven.
1: Sure, I, yeah,
0: that's yeah,
1: a way to read that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh,
0: Incredible. So, not credible.
1: So he's not quite as charismatic as Kirk Cameron, but I mean, who is? Uh, and he <laughs> he no he asks all of us, "How many of you want to live in freedom?" And the audience has like a very kind of like,
0: oh, yeah, yeah. 100% of us. <laughs>
1: but you know, with one
0: accord, we let you know all of us. They were all
1: fired up, and now the fire has kind of died down a little bit. How about enjoy the blessings of liberty? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We do. <laughs> so let,
0: let me think about that long phrase. Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> a lot of abstractions there. So he introduces us to George Mason, one of the founding fathers. This wasn't a name for me that I recognized. Yeah.
0: George. Mason
1: apparently he was one of 55 framers of the constitution, but he didn't sign it okay because it did not end the slave trade and it okay. didn't have a bill of rights. Okay, wow, sounds pretty good job, George Big Mason. Is true? Yeah, yeah. So he says, We know him as the father of the bill of rights, I guess, because he proposed it, but uh, then he transitions to say, And I know our founding fathers were not perfect, believe it or not, they were human. They Mm. sinned. They did evil things just like you and me. Mm -hmm. But somehow God used these flawed men to create the greatest, most benevolent nation in world history. Okay. But we don't want to cover any of it up. And I thought he was going to like go into some, I don't know, either maybe atheistic thoughts that they had, deist thoughts, or uh, maybe things that they did like being slaveholders. But his example of them not being perfect was this George Mason clearly invented the mullet because he's got kind mm-hmm. of longer I, hair I on the back. I did
0: notice his kind of crappy haircut, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Very Beethoven.
1: His little uh, joking line there. But then he has a... But like
0: not as good as Beethoven.
1: Good, in case Beethoven's listening. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I was, after I said it, I was like, well, Beethoven had those cool like sort of victory curls. <laughs> those aren't even going on <laughs> here. So forget it. Not yeah. even as good. Fair. Yeah, thank you.
1: So he reads us this quote from George Mason. No free government, nor the blessings of liberty, can be preserved to any people but by a frequent recurrence to fundamental principles. All right.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: that's fine. And he said, we have the secret sauce of a good government, but we need to keep coming back to it. We need to be eternally vigilant. All right. That sounds fine. He it sounds
0: like something that everybody could interpret as something they're already doing right, and everyone right. else could say no you're not but I am but
1: yes beyond that yeah but at least it's stated in such a way that we can all do that yep so good and then he talks about James Garfield who 20th president uh interesting guy not uh, founding father but we're jumping Hot. Ar- we start jumping around sure yeah and he's got a beard so real man mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and actually Kara was just playing the beginning of this uh, biography of James Garfield for me the other day, and turns out he was like a, a mathematician and a scientist yeah. before. Well, even while getting elected, like while he was a state senator, I want to say he developed a proof of the Pythagorean theorem. Oh wow! It's like whoa! And cool. of course, then he gets assassinated and right. dies early. Whoops! Great. So uh, again, another quote that's easier to he sign on.
0: lasagna, to. which is weird,
1: and Mondays. Yeah. It's
0: like, you're a cat. How do you even know that it's Monday?
1: So he said, now more than ever before, the people are responsible for the character of their Congress. If that body be ignorant, reckless, and corrupt, here I find myself naturally emphasizing words that I feel I can get behind. If that body be ignorant, reckless, and corrupt, it is because the people tolerate ignorance, recklessness, and corruption. If they be intelligent, brave, and pure, it is because the people demand these high qualities to represent them in the national legislature.
0: Makes sense to
1: me. Another quote that I think we can all kind of get behind, but we're (laughs) like, you are the side that is not living (laughs) up to that. So this was really weird. So now he tells us in the audience that we are Caesar because we're supposed to Hmm. render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and we're supposed to render them well. Uh, So, you know, he's saying that we should be participants in our government culture, but I don't think that makes us Caesar, because Caesar would be the governing authority.
0: Yeah, I wonder, though, if he's taking the position that...
1: Are we the people kind of statement?
0: uh, Like a pro-business, like instead of central government... People naturally govern themselves through commerce. Oh, okay. Um, Could
1: be. There, there are definitely mentions in this whole presentation of the free market.
0: Okay, yeah. It, Seems like their bag.
1: It's definitely secondary, but it's there. The whole economic side of this. I'm just showing Carrie like a zoomed out photo. There's a lot of people here. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I had to sit toward the back because I kept trying to find like open seats and they were being held for somebody. So I was like, all right, go on the back.
0: A lot of people with my hair color. A lot of dark blonde going on.
1: Yeah, and there are... Some people of color somewhere in the audience, but we're talking ninety nine <laughs> percent obvious. white here. Yeah, he's uh, rattling out the quotes. So now he's got one from Benjamin Rush, and I, I went to go look up when these were, just because he didn't seem to be holding to founding fathers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, Benjamin Rush was uh, definitely early guy and a very interesting character, doctor as well as a politically involved person. Anyway, so this quote was "The only means of establishing and perpetuating our republican forms of government is the universal education of our youth in the principles of Christianity by means of the Bible." Oh, wow. So not quite as universally applicable or agreeable, a little yeah, more. A yeah, little point. more doctrinaire.
0: Yeah, yeah, at least it uh, takes a clear stand about which I must think.
1: Oh, and I skipped over this one. He also quoted Charles Grandison Finney. So that last quote was from 1806. This one is from 1835. The church must take right ground in regard to politics. Politics are a part of a religion in a country as this, and Christians must do their duty to their country as part of their duty to God.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. So now now we're getting a little more like, okay, this is you know Christian nation stuff. We're trying to find early influential people that yeah. s- sided with us on this issue. Yeah. This and is there a- were.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is a better argument than is usually taken where people just try to take, like, the founding fathers who were deists or who were, Mm. like, barely believed in something greater than them and then... Kind of expands that little window and say, well, maybe by God, he meant this. And like, uh-huh. actually, in a way, he was Christian, even though there's no real evidence of that. This is like, we picked the people who really were.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, certainly, that's true. There was yeah. a vociferous back and forth debate of how much of religion do we put into all of this? And yeah, uh, mm-hmm. so you'll find quotes on both sides. Uh, there was another quote from Charles Grandison Finney, who was also, we should say, the leader of the Second Great Awakening. So, uh, mm. you know, Presbyterian minister, his his affiliation is clear. He said, God will bless or curse this nation according to the course Christians take in politics. And oh, wow. here's another figure that we all know about, Noah Webster. Uh, you want to read this one?
0: Sure. He says, all the miseries and evils which men suffer from vice, crime, ambition, injustice, oppression, slavery, and war, proceed from their despising or neglecting the precepts contained in the Bible.
1: Wow, hey. very pro-Bible. And that, I had to look up, was from 1832. So these are early, but not all, you know. I would say, founding thoughts. For the uh, Republic. Th- this was kind of interesting. So after all those quotes, he said, so if we're salt to the world, we're not only preserving. oh yeah, Salt's a preservative as well. Mm-hmm. But we are bringing out the best flavor. So it's kind of mm. fun how he played with the salt metaphor there. Uh, some view freedom as being able to do whatever you want to do. But we we have an instruction manual. The Bible. Yeah, and I I thought that was kind of an interesting little bit of corrective because I think oftentimes the debate about freedom does become like, well, I want to do whatever the hell I want. Mm -hmm. So I'm almost glad to hear him offering this uh, within reasonable bounds message to this congregation here. Um, So his example of this was, uh, I bought my wife a brand new Dodge Ram truck. We took it out for a spin and I opened up the glove box and I saw Oh, look, there's an instruction manual written by the designers of this truck. (laughs) But being a good American, I just threw it right out the window. Oh. And again, I'm thinking, oh, okay, another example story you've given us that you clearly made up uh uh-huh, uh-huh, Sure. <laughs> None of this happened. He said, we went to the gas station and I decided, you know what? This was made as a gas truck, but I'm going to put it in diesel because that's what I want to do. <laughs> what? And imagine how far out we got from the station. So, okay. All right. Well, you know, we get your point. You have to follow some instructions. And
0: uh, like, and if he had read the manual, he would have noticed it was gas.
1: Right, right. Yeah. That should be obvious for other reasons. Not to mention, like the gas cap usually says, yeah, yeah, what you're supposed to put in there, but differently. point taken. Though the way he stated this was, how long before we pull out of the station and my new Dodge Ram turns into a Chevy? <laughs> and so there's these little angry murmurs in the audience. <laughs> I like my shower. And he says, Oh, sorry if I stepped on your toes, Chevy owners. I meant to stomp on them.
0: Oh, damn. I'm going to
1: offend everybody by the time this is done. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> oh, sure. you're
1: one of those. Okay.
0: Volvo's coming next.
1: Oh yeah, Volvo's managed to escape uh, accident-free from this talk. Yeah, good because for they're you guys. good in a crash. <laughs> Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how I always think of a Volvo my
0: first car was a Volvo
1: hey okay mm-hmm. was that the one that saved you from the horrible crash no different
0: yeah I mean the horrible crash was in my matrix oh my wow a matrix
1: which survived that then because mm-hmm. you had that matrix for a long time yeah okay but let's get to this campfire okay he brings up a picture of clearly one of their YouTube videos and you've got Kirk Cameron, I think wearing the exact same outfit, (laughs) almost. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Sitting next to
1: some other white guy, and they're talking in front of a campfire. And that statue- Oh, you've seen this?
0: Yeah. I okay. think maybe on Kirk Cameron's YouTube or oh, something. Like, this absolutely. Is, this is deep memory stuff here. But yeah, no, I remember this scene.
1: If you are haunting Kirk Cameron's YouTube, yeah, you're likely to see this. And <laughs> sure enough, that statue is right there in front of the campfire. So he welcomes Kirk back onto the stage.
0: Now that one, that statue is bigger, right? The one in Kirk's backyard? That's not two and a half feet.
1: Uh, No, it's the same. It's just he's sitting next to it rather than standing next to it. Okay, okay. How many of you have watched the American Campfire Revival on YouTube or Facebook and- Barely anybody raises their hand. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, I guess that's why they're here. And it's so strange because later on, they'll say, like, we're launching this now. So it's like, okay, how long has this thing been in existence? How would I have seen it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe they were teasing it. I don't know. So Kirk says, I want you all to have this course and to have it for free. Teach it to your friends. Teach it to your family. Uh, And then he quotes Reagan. Reagan told us, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. Wow. And okay. I mean, yeah, I get that. And I kind of like the point. I often think about that, about how quickly... Uh, culture or information can die out all it takes is one generation to not care about it or hear about it or
0: that's true
1: for the older generation to assume that they know about it he's it's talking specifically about you know his view of freedom
0: freedom yeah, it's just freedom is like could mean so many different things sure and I feel like telling people freedom is a generation away from extinction if you're taking it really literally that means like your kids will be slaves to the government or something that's that's pretty yeah pretty far gone good
1: point then reagan famously had his little line about uh, the scariest words in the english language are i'm from the government and i'm here to help
0: Oh right, Which has done right! So
1: much to poison us doing anything well as yeah, a nation. Yeah, totally. Oh uh, Reagan! I, I was raised by a mom who just thought he was the best president ever. Oh, I remember yeah. buying her uh, a book of his quotes
0: oh, wow. for um,
1: a birthday gift once.
0: Yeah, such a antisocial perspective.
1: The more I've learned about him, the less I've liked him. Anyway, so they start promoting this whole program, and here's what happens: so you sign up and you become the lead learner in your group. And the mm. wording there is key. You're all learners together. Yes. Because I know what you're thinking. Like, oh, I don't have time to like study and figure this out. Don't worry. It's all in the videos. We give you all of this. You just have to press play. You learn together. You have conversation.
0: You become responsible for my opinions.
1: Might be implied. Uh, so maybe you just have two people. That's fine. Maybe you have 100 meeting at a church. You just join the website. You get a login and your Campfire Coach dashboard And you follow through, you have the conversations. And Rick Green says this, I am the lead constitutional coach and every time we do this, someone asks me a question that I don't have an answer for. Mm. And so on one hand, I think like, huh, what does that say either about the questions being asked or your grasp of the constitution? But then at the same time, he says, this is a great opportunity for me to go look it up and learn mm-hmm. more. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, I good, fine. All right. I applaud that attitude.
0: I'm not t- totally getting a clear picture of the structure of this product. So okay. is it that... Let's say Ross decides to be a lead teacher of these campfire chats. Mm You invite me and let's say six of our friends over to your place. You build a campfire in your apartment.
2: <laughs> we,
0: we talk about the topics on one of these videos, but you're like sort of semi in charge, keeping hurting the cats a little bit, yeah. and then maybe we click on something that says we did it, and they say here's the next video for mm-hmm. next time. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, got yeah. it.
1: Pretty. Uh, you describe it so well. <laughs> and guess what? It's all free, and that gets an oh applause. my gosh, I can't believe it. We're not trying to like build this up to say that it's a thousand dollars a month interesting that that was his go-to number
0: Hmm. yeah that that would be really a lot for videos (laughs) yeah
1: it's a free tool and there's a community there to like ask questions of so you can have your own conversations but you can also if like maybe you're all sticking on one issue you can go join the community boards and ask the questions there and get feedback okay and then you get all these automated email reminders you can do it on zoom it doesn't even have to be all in person And so if you sign up today, so Mm -hmm. weird, like I I can't see any reason why signing up in one month would be any different than signing up today. But they say, if you sign up today as a campfire coach, you get free access to 10 episodes of their American Campfire Revival training series. Uh, You get free training on how to host a gathering in person or virtually. Okay. So there you go. If you're still like confused, how do I do this? They'll help you through it. Easy to use class creation software, okay. attractive promotional materials, oh,
0: attractive. yeah, hello promotional materials, world class
1: designers, and <laughs> sample invite emails, and a downloadable companion workshop, and so much more.
0: Okay. So
1: all this can be yours. I was just watching a video from uh, Chris Shelton, who we've had on the show. Uh, And uh, he has a YouTube series where, of course, he talks a lot about Scientology, but also just... Which he left. Right. Yeah, he was in for 27 years. But he also talks about other topics related to kind of the same things that we do. And he was sharing like his one recommendation for being kind of cult-proof or resistant. And he said, wait. Wait. Just wait. Whenever someone tries to tell you that you need to make this decision Mm. now Mm -hmm. or like we need a response or we need your commitment, Mm. just wait. Because if it's a good idea now, it'll still be a good idea Mm -hmm. a week from now. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really excellent um, thing to install in your head. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if you already weren't convinced that you want to sign up with the American Campfire Revival, guess which Colorado congressperson is already a member?
0: Marjorie Taylor Greene.
1: Uh, she's uh, Georgia Lauren Boebert.
0: Oh, okay, I know this name. Okay. I'm so out of touch with the news now. Okay, what's her deal?
1: So oh, goodness,
0: oh, she, <laughs> she's cool and good. We all like her. No,
1: she's not, and <laughs> we don't. She almost lost this time too. Like everybody thought that Adam Frisch was going to beat her in Colorado, and we were all so happy. And she won by like 540 votes. Oh which wow, is so frustrating. Okay. Yeah, because we all thought finally we get rid of Lauren Boebert. So yeah, she's just one of those loud ultra-MAGA people who's okay. just kind of there to disrupt and create media okay. attention. But yeah,
0: the, okay, a lot but, like Marjorie Taylor Greene.
1: Yeah, yes, very much so in that like neither of them have passed any meaningful legislation and really yeah. just kind of chew up everybody's cycles. Mm-hmm. And her mm-hmm. campaign videos were all her carrying guns and talking about oh, how God. like she ran this restaurant where they would open carry and yeah, open carry. That's probably not a phrase <laughs> that you're thrilled about.
0: That's when I go into surgery. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're going to crack open carry. <laughs>
0: That's why I'm so against it. So
1: the, they go into this like infomercial mode where Kirk and Rick are just going back and forth telling you about all these great things that you can do. And it's the same points just over and over. So I'll skip past a lot of that. But Rick, again, is trying to pressure you to think now. He says... Don't let those nagging negative thoughts come into your mind. Like, Ooh. I don't know how to do this or, you know, I'm not very good with technology. We give you the tools. They're free.
0: Is there a paid product as well that he's trying to? No. No? Okay. Just not even available on wants the website.
1: this to spread. Okay. You know, and okay. a lot of this is based on YouTube. So I assume they'll get some ad revenue from the clicks on their YouTube
0: And I forget, videos. did you get to watch a little bit of the content and get get a sense of like what you'd even be taught.
1: Uh they didn't play any of huh. the actual content videos in this thing. Just go to school here. And uh, I did what they recommended next, which was to either scan the QR code or text revival to and then they give you a number. Mm. I was almost tempted to say the number. Here, I'll say it just in case any of you want to me do it. Text revival to 512- 512 512 866-
0: 866 866.
1: 8328.
0: 8328.
1: All right. And you're texting Revival, Revival. and
0: Revival.
1: There we go. Now you'll have the tools to become a campfire coach today.
0: Oh, good. Okay.
1: So I did sign up for the text. And you know what? I gotta say, they do text me once every like, I don't know, two months.
0: Okay. Yeah. Not that,
1: bad. So you won't get spammed or anything like that. Cool. But I haven't actually gotten my coach dashboard. I haven't taken that step because I don't know. If all of you tell us, like, you want to hear what's in there, we'll sign up.
0: Yeah. I would be curious to just see, like, what the topics and stuff are. But we see some of them there. Uh, Create and manage classes. Okay, it's not the actual classes themselves in that view. Got it.
1: Yeah, this is all kind of set up stuff that they're showing. Got it. So then they say, okay, well, let's get everybody signing up. And if uh, you're having trouble on your phone, hand it to your seven-year-old. They'll do it for you. (laughs) Very (laughs) cute. That's uh, how it is. Oh, and also when you join, you'll get to join their closed Facebook group.
0: Oh, she she.
1: And get in on that sweet iron sharpening iron. That's what you'll do as a community. And we put together this campfire coach kit. We just put it together for this seminar. Uh, so if you hold up your phone and tell us that you've signed up, we will give you a pocket principles. With the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence.
0: Mm, I think I'm holding that.
1: That's right. So I held up my phone because I had texted them. And so they gave me this little pocket Constitution. Did
0: it's, it come with these inserts as well?
1: Uh, Yes.
0: Okay. So we've got an insert that says American Campfire Revival Campfire Coach Scan Below QR Code. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. It's all it that already.
1: same info from the slide.
0: Got it. Oh, your, your Ark encounter admission ticket. Oh, yeah,
1: I just happened to put cool. that in there.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And first in this book is the Declaration of Independence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Next is the Constitution. And third, this and I think this is the right order. I think we'll all agree this is everyone's favorite. Third is The Timeless Principles of Liberty <laughs> by Rick Green. Rick Green, this the guy. guy on stage.
1: Yeah. Ooh, that does seem the presumptuous. <laughs> yeah, right?
0: Yes. All right,
1: founding documents of our nation. And my thoughts on liberty.
0: <laughs> Introduction. Hey, friends. Rick Green here. <laughs> I'm going to attempt to do the impossible, which is to give a three hour talk on the timeless principles of liberty in about 30 minutes. So we may go pretty quick here. Okay, so this must be a speech he gave that's been transcribed.
1: Or he's estimating how long it's going to take you to read it. But yeah, that could be that. Yeah. Good point.
0: Oh, yeah. No, this transcript has not been edited from the spoken word. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: it had to have been edited. That'd be funny if they <laughs> write out all of the ums.
0: It says, our goal in this printing is to give you an exact transcript of the recording. So all this right. will be much like a radio program transcript, not what you would normally see in the written word. You can listen oh. to the presentation here, patriotacademy.com slash Oh, wow. All
1: right. Good spotting.
0: Okay, so yeah, he talks about limited government, individual liberties, timeless truths, Mm -hmm. conclusion.
1: Okay, so now Kirk tells us, all right, well, we're going to break for 15 minutes. Let's all go outside in front of the pond, in front of the ark, and we're going to build a campfire.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And let's go do a little revival together.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: see you out there in 15 minutes.
0: (laughs) Whoa! I didn't expect this to happen. Yeah,
1: though. Also, stop the by the metaphorical
0: became literal. <laughs>
1: yeah, and uh, let's stop by the merch table on the oh, way. Of course. Now you can support us by buying mugs and t-shirts and all of that stuff.
0: Ah, okay. They got a merch game going.
1: And so I could see Kirk Cameron was getting immediately surrounded by people who wanted his attention. So he kneeled down on the edge of the stage and he was talking to some folks. And I wandered up there and I got quite close to him, uh, but then realized, okay, I'm, I'm I'm not gonna like elbow through everybody. And he's trying to obviously trying to get out of here. It's like fifteen yeah. minutes, but he wants to talk to secular humanists in the audience. <laughs> uh, so, so I didn't talk to him.
0: It'd be fun to walk right up to him and be like, "You said you wanted to talk to me."
1: <laughs> yeah, I did. It's
0: me, Ross. Would you, have been a great line. You called me out individually. I'm the only one who. Fits the description.
1: Right. Probably. mm. I wonder if there were others in the audience. Not that yeah. I know of. So I thought, all right, well, let's go get some premium standing space outside. There's that statue.
0: I will say, Kirk Cameron does have this somehow permanently gentle. Mm-hmm aura yeah
1: he does look approachable and friendly and, and,
0: and the way he talks like i don't he he can say the most vile shit and yeah. it's still just like there's something in the like delivery and meekness that kind of makes it slide by for a minute
1: uh, yeah fair I, I would sign on to that as well and yeah i never saw him looking dismissive of people or anything like that mm-hmm. uh so i wander outside and i'm showing carrie a couple pictures of these police folks that they have yeah. these uh, wow, really? answers Answers in Genesis guards and yep, they really look like police. It's so disconcerting and there they are wearing guns, but we're all gathering and I know exactly where we're going because there is kind of like a little fire pit in this area in front of the Ark where you get that kind of perfect photo of the Ark. They've set up this brazier uh, that, that we've sort of seen uh, earlier in the day. So we go out there, and there's already a crowd forming. But I get up to like a third row, and it ends up being quite packed because all those people inside are now coming out to hear this little concert. And cool. We've got this one. Very
0: church camp.
1: Oh, totally. And so, yeah, there's your youth minister guy who's got spiky blonde hair and uh, – vertically striped shirt and a guitar.
4: Praise God for the view tonight in front of Noah's heart. This is amazing. amazing.
2: We're going to worship a
4: little bit to get the night started again. My God is great. Amen. Amen. You know, let singing with me. How great is our God Sing with me How
5: great
3: is our God Oh no.
4: How great, how great is our God. On every voice we sing, how great is our
1: God. We've heard that one. You know, just keep repeating Mm -hmm. that line. Mm -hmm. So we do that for a while. And then you can see Kirk Cameron's coming out and he's standing off to the side, sort of studying notes, getting ready for his next little talk. And so after that song finishes, he comes back out. And it's just a quick introduction. He says, All right, I can't wait for you all to hear John. He's got so much interesting stuff to say. Everybody, welcome John. I was like, Well, who's John?
0: (laughs) The Baptist.
1: And he comes back later and talks with this guy, around this guy. No one ever (laughs) says
0: John's last
1: name. (laughs)
0: That's great. I'm
1: showing Carrie this crowd. So, you know, it's kind
0: of how the books of the Bible are.
1: Me and all, (laughs) fair. Yeah. Maybe it's John. We're not even sure. But we're all standing looking at the stage. And so the sun is setting to the left of the ark. So we're all squinting into the sun. And here comes John. He's a tall black man, shaved head, thick beard, so like a man should be.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh.
1: A rimmed glasses, kind of a little retro glasses. He's got a big cross pendant hanging, a uh, necklace uh, hanging over his chest. I Very later,
0: handsome, put together kind of guy. Oh yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, solidly built. Yeah, muscular looking. Yeah, good looking dude. And he's wearing like a black suit jacket over this shirt and. Later on, I figure out what it is. It's from this Love Life group that we're going to Mm. encounter a little later, and it seems like he's involved with Love Life. So, like, I go to their Instagram.
0: (laughs) This is so funny. I go
1: to their website. I'm trying to figure out, okay, who's this pastor? Like, he must be a pastor because he speaks like a pastor. Like, everything is kind of shouted uh, in, in like a revival church service delivery.
0: How weird. Love Life Ministry, John.
1: Yeah. Oh, good luck. Yeah. If you can find it.
0: <laughs> yeah, they chose such generic names too. Love Life and John. Oof.
1: But Kirk kept coming out and saying, oh, thanks so much, John. Oh, it's so great to hear from people like John. And <laughs> it's like, John who?
0: Could it be John Gray? I could be.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, I looked through all the printed materials. Nowhere is he mentioned, like in the lineup.
0: Oh, funny. In the
1: schedule. Nothing. Okay,
0: hang on one sec here. No, our, that's not the same guy, is it?
1: No. Uh, but he comes out and he leads us in singing Jesus Loves the Little Children.
0: Okay, so we, he does. So we
1: do that twice together. And so then he starts, again, kind of shouting slash preaching, saying, Jesus loves the little children, but so does Satan. Oh, my God. And Planned Parenthood. Is that him? No, I don't really? think so. No? Okay. I don't think it's in. What's his name, though?
0: John Um, He's uh in the picture you've got. He's kind of glistening in the sun. It's shining off his eyeglasses. It's kind of hard to tell.
1: I got some better pictures of him. Here's him again. We need
0: to know John's name.
1: Yeah, there he is.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably John Amunchukwu.
1: Okay. A Wait, good show friend show of him mine. to me again. Maybe. Maybe. I'll give it a solid maybe. <laughs>
3: loves the little children but so does satan and so does planned parenthood and so does the abortion industry and so does the wicked left the abortion
0: industry loves little children
1: yeah to kill them to eat them I don't
0: know (laughs) right okay they
1: they want your children
0: yeah Uh, and the wicked left the wicked left okay great so
1: now we've just like removed any pretense we had that we weren't being political
0: right right yeah everybody here is presumed to be right wing at this point
1: so he makes the weirdest detour that you could ever ask for I want to talk to you about murder she wrote (laughs)
0: Okay. It was I a, am happy to talk about murder. She wrote.
1: It was a crime drama Cabin with Cove. Angela Lansbury playing Jessica Fletcher. Yes, it
0: was he, great. Te- he
1: tells us there were 264 episodes.
0: <laughs> this is like the PowerPoint Drew and I did it our running about the love boat. <laughs> it
1: really is. He's like, and it ran from this year to 1996
0: on CBS. They <laughs> even had. Yeah, I love this guy. They
1: had four follow-up <laughs> TV films.
0: Okay, uh huh. That is so interesting. He
1: gives all that just to say. Today, we have our own Murder, She Wrote. What? And it's not a fictional drama. It's what Margaret Sanger,
0: oh, the founder
1: of Planned, Planned Parenthood, Parenthood yep. wrote for babies who are unwanted or deformed.
0: <laughs> oh, no. This is not a good metaphor. <laughs>
1: that was and that was the last mention we got of Murder, She Wrote. Like, you took all this time. two
0: hundred sixty, like,
1: episodes. And I've got the theme music like playing in my head. I'm like, all right. Yeah. But Dearly Departed Angela Lansbury... That was that Solving was all the murders. time. So weird.
0: Yeah, uh, really only <laughs> even working with the title there even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay.
1: And I guess the she is Margaret Sanger. Right. I remember my dad had once heard at church a lecture against abortion. And he had started saying, Oh, and there was some lady who had created Planned Parenthood and she was this atrocious person. I was like, Oh, Margaret Sanger. And like I, you know, gave some facts and he's like, it's so impressive that you knew the names of these people that oh, they were mm-hmm. referring to. I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, this is kind of a cultural discussion mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. often involved in. Um, but okay, so there are six things that the Lord hates. Wait, no, seven. Okay. Haughty Monday, eyes. Monday,
2: Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: voice of James Garfield rings out, Mondays. Okay, so seven things he hates. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue.
0: What? Haughty eyes? Yeah. Like a hot person's, oh, hot, oh. With Not a, a hottie, G-H. but like
1: someone is, exactly, yeah. Haughty. Someone who feels better than others. Oh,
0: okay, yes, yes, says.
1: A lying tongue. And here he breaks off on this little side note to say, and we just nominated a person to the Supreme Court. And he's talking about Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson who couldn't say when life starts or even what a woman is. Ah. That's the big talking point that everybody who wants to own the trans folks will say, mm-hmm. like, well, how do you define a woman? I see. All right.
0: How do you define How do you find anything biological? <laughs> right, It can, it can yeah. be tricky. Yeah. How do
1: you define an adult? How sure. Do you define, yeah. All <laughs> yeah. of these things are slippery when you try to get into the definition. Good, but,
0: good questions, but yeah, you yeah. don't need to say them so snarky, do we?
1: <laughs> right, yeah. So uh, he stops to say that our Supreme Court now has a new lying tongue on board. Back to things that God hates. Hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community.
0: Sorry, these are the things that God hates? Yeah, those okay, seven okay. things. Okay, okay. Sorry, I got caught up on something midway. Okay. And that's it? Is that all he hates?
1: I guess the kinds of people he hates.
0: Okay. Well, hey, um, the Westboro Baptist Church, their favorite thing for God to hate, didn't make the list.
1: Hey, yeah, hey, that's something. We're making progress. <laughs> you know, that's a good point. I don't. I mean, all of them, I think, when prompted, would gay bash, but sure. I don't think any bashing was gayed. That's good. They they had kind of a different focus today. So then he again has this weird kind of segue talking about in the time of David. God had a reckoning on Israel for the shedding of innocent blood that happened under Saul 30 years earlier. And he said, in the same way, you know, God doesn't forget his vengeance. And in the same way, he's punishing us as a nation for all of the murder of these unborn infants. And our nation has started worshiping a bunch of little gods. And the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. We are a godless society and we are in famine because of this murder.
0: Hmm. Metaphorical famine, I assume.
1: Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, inflation's high. I don't know. Okay. Well, th- this was kind of before that current crisis. But hmm. yeah, you know, they could point to a list of complaints, I'm sure, even though at the same time, again, they're saying like, hey, look how well we're doing thanks to America, thanks to the prosperity of God. Um, But kind of like Old Testament visions of God's intervention, anything that is not going well is attributed to God being unhappy with us. Anything that's going well is us having won God's favor.
0: It's really interesting. I don't have a guttural answer to a question like, Is America doing well or badly? Mm. Just like my brain rejects that as a real question. (laughs) It's just like, oh, that's impossible to track, impossible Mm. to answer. I would be figuring out so many different variables and deciding what I meant by them and then how I felt about them. And then what the evidence was, like, I just reject.
1: Yeah. Though I feel like there are times where certainly on the bad side of things, you can be like, oh, yeah, we're not too hot right now. Like the heart of the pandemic you know, like, yeah, yeah, this is a bad time for everybody.
0: Yeah, but then you have to be like, com- then I have to go, okay, Compared so to com- comparing to other nations and how they handled this one specific thing, but mm-hmm. am I mm-hmm. counting these other things? Eh, it's just, and no am- thanks. And
1: am I still okay and with my family? Yeah. yeah. Yay me.
0: And I, I guess I see the other end. Of, the only other possibility is to just like move your definitions around, mm-hmm. which is what these people seem to prefer, which is just like, I need to, to be able to say yes or no. So I'm just going to move everything around to match
1: mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And I think that They excel at doing that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a learned skill. He says outright, we are being punished for our murder of babies.
0: Okay.
3: And
1: we are being taught to hate white people because they are racists. This is Mm. critical race theory. Okay. That's his summary of it. Okay. Who would have thought that we'd be debating whether men can have babies? So he lashes out at trans folks again. Mm -hmm. And a woman next to me is like, I know, really? (laughs) Yeah, and then he makes a joke about how we're confusing a man with a beer gut with a man being able to bear a child. Great. Okay. Thanks, buddy.
0: This is so like simplified and just like
1: John, John, John. Begging
0: the question, they call this. You know, just like I'm gonna tell you my conclusion. Uh, I'm gonna say it a bunch of different mm, ways. Mm-hmm,
1: sure. But this is all fodder for the crowd. And things that I feel like they've tiptoed around here too far. Even Ken Ham doesn't feel as on the nose as John is Mm -hmm. being. And he says, before they make God is not dead part five, let me tell you, God is not dead. And that gets a big applause.
0: God's not dead. He's surely alive.
1: So he tells us the God of Buddha is gone. (laughs) What?
0: What what is
1: the God of Buddha? He says the God of Muhammad and Islam is gone. But the Bible tells us that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord.
0: Okay. He's gone. Suggests he was once there.
1: Huh. Yeah, I feel like we could unpack many of his statements, but that's not the conversation he's looking <laughs> right.
0: for. He has moved on.
1: Yeah, he makes a little aside about Mary and Elizabeth meeting up before Jesus and John the Baptist are born and the babies leaping within them. And he says, I want all oh, yeah. of you to be leaping. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Inside the uterus of your mothers. Because
1: every baby should be allowed to live. Life starts at conception. Okay. Who is going to speak up for the baby in the womb? We live in this postmodern culture where preachers are afraid to preach. They sit in the seat of the church and they tergiverserate and equivocate.
0: Uh-huh. And I was
1: like, tergiverserate? Tergiverserate. Okay. That's so make
0: turgid? Is that what that means? I looked
1: it up. Because I don't know that word. It's to make conflicting or evasive statements. To equivocate. Okay. The more she tergiverserated, the greater grew the ardency of the reporters for an interview. That's a bad example sentence. Yeah,
0: no kidding.
1: I thought, that's fun. I'm adding that to my repertoire.
0: Totally. Also, John should be offended that he memorized that word, and Kirk Cameron can't memorize his last name.
1: (laughs) Indeed. So he said, we need pastors with a jawbone, a backbone, and a tailbone. A jawbone so that they can speak up. A backbone so that they can stand up. And a tailbone so they can... Hold up.
0: It's a dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah, I picture Rex from Toy Story.
1: But right now what we get is all these pastors who give you five minutes of Bible and 45 minutes of personality. Hang
0: on, tailbone. Yeah? That suggests that the tail was once in that spot on our ancestors.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, Just a to think about. Yeah.
0: So interesting.
1: So uh, all this, uh, you know, personality from our pastors, uh, that won't bring a revival. It has to be the truth of God's word. So I'll play you a little clip from uh, John. This seems like a good one to share.
3: Oh, good. I want you to know that if you go to a church that's a marginalized church, maybe you go to one of those churches that don't believe in even having church. You know, through COVID-19, we stayed locked away for too long. As people kept... Worldly organizations open. That's right. As the vape store was open. That's right. As the liquor store was open. That's right. As they kept the strip clubs open. Yes. All of these things were open, but God's house was closed. But Hebrews ten and twenty five tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So in order to get that revival, we got to get back to church.
1: So that gives you a flavor of how this was delivered Yeah, the whole talk.
0: This doesn't feel like argumentation. Uh, it's no. like statement, 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 oh, statement. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, there's no argument about any of this. So he said that the one word that really encapsulates this whole issue is repentance. We can't get revival without repentance. God God wants a church that's on her knees. And he says (laughs) over 700 abortion clinics are in the U.S., but only 30% of them have a Christian witness there. So I guess like regular... People who protest?
0: Protest, yeah. Okay. Gotta be it.
1: And he says, "Where is the church?" Uh, well,
0: if, it sounds like they're at the abortion. It sounds like they're at thirty percent of the abortion clinics. Well,
1: they need to be at a hundred percent of the abortion clinics. Okay. That's what he's calling for. Yeah. And he says, "If you go there, you're going to see moms in the valley trying to figure out what they should do. And fifty-four percent of those moms identify as Christian. They need to hear from us, from sure. the church."
0: That's where they grew up.
1: So we have an organization called Love Life. Uh-huh. And the church will be a house of refuge. To those who have been born again in Christ, we know that this is not a horror story, but a drama story because we've read the Bible and we know the victory is coming.
0: And so what does this ministry want to do with abortion? Rally
1: people to make public demonstrations, go out and do like mm. prayer walks, Wear all the same shirts together. Protest outside of abortion clinics. Pass out literature. Convince uh, women who are seeking abortion services to not. Okay. And so he has us all repeat after him: "Let the baby live." And we repeat that together four times. And and
0: someone standing nearby, pregnant and about to get an abortion, said, "I." just heard this and now i won't
1: well yeah we will get to that but their idea is that this is effective this works
0: mm-hmm. shouting mm-hmm. okay okay uh, i didn't mean that uh, as if i disagreed
1: he's shouting but i would say he probably wants people to also have gentle conversations sure. and, you know be heartfelt or whatever yeah
0: i've definitely seen but it um, tends
1: to take the form of shouting yeah
0: what? i've seen a lot of in fighting, and I, I don't necessarily use that term derisively, but just people in the anti abortion crowd disagreeing with one another about how what Mm. the tone of this approach should be yeah and there's definitely some who are like we just stand out there and make like really intense eye contact in the the hope that the pregnant person will come over and talk to me
1: yeah okay intense but they they have a little follow-up talk coming back inside the building so okay uh, they'll they'll make some of these points okay uh, they don't give any particular like here's the way to talk to to people about this Mm -hmm. i assume if you sign up that that kind of material is provided right But at least not at this uh, conference. So uh, Kirk Cameron comes back up on the stage, uh, repeats a lot of his earlier talking points. He thanks John profusely. Thank you, John. We need people like John. Who's John?
0: He had twenty minutes to look up his name, Kirk.
1: <laughs> he was like doing all the same web searches we were. <laughs>
0: I think it might be this guy. I
1: don't. I don't want to get that wrong. It, in case you weren't picturing it, yes, the sun is going down, and the ark is right behind them. So they're giving this whole talk with the ark right behind them, and it's just. Such a America moment.
0: Yeah. These are really pretty shots, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is picturesque. The sky is like orange and yellow and, and lovely. Yeah. Very
0: it's, golden hour.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And uh, I'm showing Carrie these photos of Kirk Cameron just kind of wildly gesticulating.
0: Yeah. His gesturing is, it looks like begging. It looks like he's begging me in most of these.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of supplication happening. Yeah. Here, I'll play a clip of this.
0: The first words God said to man, be fruitful and multiply and
5: fill the earth and take dominion over all that I've made. They're in friendship with God. They're living in fellowship covenant with God. And they're to have babies and through the family, they would fill the earth and then take charge and beautify and heavenize all that God has made as they take dominion over it. He gave the same strategy to Noah. Here we are in front of Noah's Ark. The world had gone bad. Their thoughts were only evil all the time, continually. God didn't change the plan. He didn't say, oh, no, this isn't going to work. No, he said, I'm going to crush the serpent's head. He packs the world up into a boat. You got the animals, you got plants, you got humans, you got uh, the, 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 the instructions of God. And he sends the flood and then that boat lands on the mountains of Ararat and the world starts to grow and blossom. And what does God say to Noah? first words to him same strategy be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and take dominion over all that
0: i've made
1: so again you can see he is fully sympathetic with this whole ark venture
0: make lots of babies
1: and yeah dominate the earth and uh and he keeps going he says this has always been god's strategy to be fruitful increase in number make more humans yeah. and so he says that's what we got from jesus uh that's what we got from saint patrick that's what hmm. we got from the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution hmm. that were based on the Hebrew model and followed the, the lead of the pilgrims. I'm thinking, no, what? No. Weird. Hard to disagree on all of this. <laughs> uh, but like you said, this is not a debate, not uh, being presented for a discussion. And again, being totally political, hope is coming, but it's not coming from a $33 billion stimulus package. It's not coming from Washington, D.C. That's not what's going to save us. It's coming from Jesus Christ. We are not working for victory. We are working from victory. Okay. Great. (laughs) So as he's saying these concluding remarks then the guitar player comes back out and starts doing that slow kind of like we're about to pass the collection bucket music oh, sure. they don't pass the collection bucket there but
0: the oscars are cutting them off
1: yeah they're not trying to stop them either but it's just you know this is the emotional moment let's um, yeah. drive this home with some music and c uh, says okay well let's all go back inside And we haven't featured the fire in any way, but I think there is a fire burning behind him. (laughs) And he says, uh, we're going to get more info about love life. And my wife and I, we've adopted four kids. Mm -hmm. My wife herself is adopted.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Some of you saw the movie last night. Mm -hmm. That's the one we're about to talk about. Join me in getting that message out to people and getting this monument out to people. <laughs> He's still really hung so up on his monument
0: thing with this statue. Yeah.
1: That was created hundreds of years after the pilgrims. And, uh, and we'll close out the evening with another bit of worship, lift your hands up, even if you're a Presbyterian. <laughs> and so the guy comes out and sings the exact same song again. How great is our God. And we repeat, really great. repeat that many times. Oh yes. Yeah, we were singing the praise song. Kirk Cameron has his arms up, as does the audience, and for a while he turns around to raise his arms toward the arc.
0: Yeah, and it looks like he's shining it, polishing it. Oh, <laughs> because like he's huge and he's perspective. <laughs> yeah. the side of it.
1: That's pretty good. I like that. That's how I choose to see this photo now. <laughs> uh, and you can see the audience. Uh, yep, they're they're all into it.
0: I get just a little tiny feeling of that like dissociative trance type of feeling just looking at this. Oh, really? Just this tiny association. Yeah, yeah. just
1: knowing that emotion that they're all feeling right there. Yeah, yeah. Keeping like, these little kids in the audience.
0: And seeing other people do it mm-hmm. has this little association in me of like, oh, I'm about to do that then. you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. Oh, we are all doing this.
1: Uh, then, oh, yeah, before we get dismissed, Kirk Cameron also leads us in the Lord's Prayer. Okay. And I'm following along, but waiting. What are we going to use as the word? It's trespasses. He says okay. trespasses.
0: So. Forgive us our trespasses.
1: As we forgive those who trespass against us. And
0: not sin or debt.
1: Exactly. Uh, some people just kind of escape after this. They're so like, well, we saw Kirk Cameron. We're good. We're going home. And they head out to the buses through the rainbow gate.
0: I love the Archway. rainbow arch. Yeah, isn't that great? Oh yeah, I want that at my house. But
1: that's how you skip the answer center and go straight to the buses.
0: Boo, you can't skip answers.
1: Oh, this is me lusting after the Adam Synchronological Chart or Map of History, which I now have because Carrie bought it for me. (laughs) (laughs) And my wife saw it and said, great.
0: I had no idea it was so big it's when massive. I bought it for you. It's so big. Well, now
1: you see why I was looking at it going, Ah, oh, I can't fit this in any of my luggage. Totally. I'd have to carry it like a child.
0: And I heard that story and was still like, I'll go order it. Oh, I don't <laughs> want this in my house till August. <laughs> so I get an this early so birthday big. gift. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome.
1: All right. So others of us go back into the answer center, that big room. So it's, you know, still a crowd, but a much smaller crowd. And it's late at night now. I can understand why people are leaving. It's already like past eight PM. Hmm. There we meet Justin Reeder. We get a last name for him. He's the founder of Love Life. Tall white guy. No beard, though. Weird. He's wearing a blue baseball cap, uh, and he's wearing this light turquoise shirt that says, we love, and it's got a heart for the love, life. And then I realized, oh, that's what John was wearing under his suit. Okay, Mm. now I get it, uh, but in black. So he tells his own story. I guess he lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, and he learned about an abortion clinic there and oh I can't believe this is happening in my own city mm. that there are two heartbeats going in and only one coming out oh so yeah that... yeah definitely uh, uh,
0: I see why that's evocative for people mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah that's definitely an impactful way to state that mm-hmm. so he says back in 2012 he was kind of figuring this out so he decided to kind of make an organization to like get churches together to combat this. Obviously, that's already happening on its own, but he wanted to be, I guess, a little more centralized about it. And so he starts making all these equivalencies. Well, you know, what if this was happening with two-year-olds? Would we be reacting the same way? Uh, What if it was my eight-year-old son?
0: Oh, that you were- uh,
1: Leading in to death. And he said, this is equivalent. This is no different. I see. And he said that kind of straightforward. I believe it's the same. So Mm -hmm. he's made that He's made that equivalent saying, yeah, if you really believe that, well, then, okay, this then is a big deal. if you
0: say it's the same, then I guess it'd be the same.
1: So uh, we started in 2016 in Charlotte, North Carolina, to uh, have this march. And oh, guess what he calls the greatest organism on the face of this planet?
0: Kenham. The church. Oh. A
1: weird way to refer to it. Yeah. Uh, he said, we had 32 people in our first prayer walk, but now we have over 500 churches that have joined this movement. Okay. And uh, over 3,800 families that have made the choice for life at the abortion clinic. Oh, wow. So that gets a big applause. And yeah, you're wondering, how do you count this? Do you yeah like later on pull the people? Hey, how many people turned away because be of your presence like or d- you had conversations with? Yeah, I, I don't know how they generated that number. Uh, anyway, so he, like John said, if you have to boil love life into one word, it's repentance. And so he hmm. plays a video clip, and it's a weird kind of mishmash of some women, especially Alicia, is a woman that he kind of uses as his main example, a young black woman. And she keeps talking about how, you know, I was looking for someone to talk me out of this, and then they were there and they did talk me out of it. Oh, hmm. uh, You know, I'm I'm sure that is true for some people.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you're looking for that, I See why that would deliver.
1: And then the video also cuts to people just talking about this greater societal conversation and making other points, but all things we've heard already at this point. So he said, our goal is to have Christians at every abortion clinic. You can support us financially. And so they've handed out these cards. He wants us all to raise our hands. And he keeps mentioning $41 per month. That's highly specific. I don't know why. Hmm. Uh, But as you can see, I have the card with the QR code. Strangely, I didn't give them money. The card is empty.
0: Hmm. Check the team you are joining. For $41 a month, you can be a radical. For $82, you can be a lunatic. Oh. And for $164 a month, you can be a maniac. <laughs> that, Mania. That's really what it says.
1: Uh, and so he says, you know, if this is again trying to draw these really redolent uh, parallels. He says, if this were 1943 and I learned that there was a concentration camp down the street. Oh, yep. Uh, I would be morally obliged to give money to help prevent that. And this is the same thing that's happening today. It just looks a little different.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I I I, I kind of resonate with this part of it. When people are like, <laughs> like even if you believe that it's a kid, just let people make their own decisions. I'm like, what? No. We have to make the argument that it's not a kid if you're going to make the argument that you're people right. should ignore the situation. Yeah. And uh-
1: It is like other things we've discussed tonight, a sliding scale. Uh And yeah, yeah. where do you draw that line? Yeah, Where suddenly it becomes a person worthy of all the personhood
0: regard. Right, right. Yeah,
1: I agree. It is a more complicated issue than it gets painted by either side sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, no, fair. So that was it. That was the pitch. And uh, by the time I left, it was after 9 p.m. And these were long days at the arc because the previous day, I also stayed super late to watch a movie. Okay. By Kirk Cameron from Kirk Cameron Entertainment called Life Life Mark.
0: Oh, good. I've seen this movie.
1: So we've talked about Hallmark movies. This is Life Mark. And yeah, on the back of their main schedule, they had a picture of this kind of, I don't know, wistful looking kid looking off to the upper right.
0: Yeah. It's clearly the poster for the film. Yeah, the kid's in the middle looking up.
1: Handsome young man.
0: Kirk Cameron's off to his right.
1: Wearing glasses and looking a little old with some extra gray in his hair. He's the dad, the adopted dad.
0: Then the mom next to him.
1: Mm-hmm. And on the
0: other side, the other shoulder, we have the birth mom and her current husband.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's a complicated family situation. Uh, but yeah, it's a movie. That you said you don't really think of as a movie.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What do you think of it as?
0: Oh, I don't mean that this thing they made is not a movie, but that it's not a story worthy of a movie. Like, <laughs> okay, all right. When you hear this pitch, you're not like, you've got a movie, Craig. you got to make your film. So I don't The care- idea is uh-huh. like, what if someone were adopted? Okay. That's the log line of this movie. Okay. What if yeah. a guy was adopted? No, wait. He meets his birth parents. Okay.
1: Yeah, they're looking for a (sighs) scaffold on which to put all of their talking points about the importance of adoption and the importance of not getting an abortion. Right. And they've concocted this little story and they've thrown in a little bit of comic relief.
0: Well, it's a true story.
1: Oh, based on a true story. That's right. And at the end, they let us know the real David and what he's doing now.
0: And then they reveal that he made a short documentary about his life.
1: Okay. Yeah. Called
0: I lived on Parker Avenue. Okay, which is like 13 minutes. Oh wow, is better than the movie. Oh, and is still probably not worthy of being a documentary.
1: Okay, but, but I will watch that now. Is but it? Yeah,
0: it's well made. Is
1: it on a streaming service? Or yeah, online? I saw it on
0: I think YouTube or okay. maybe it's homepage even. But yeah, you know, it's like this young kid finds out that he's adopted, wants to meet his birth parents, does, finds out that his birth mother was going to abort the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But as she was entering a clinic, someone shouted at her, your kid has 10 fingers and 10, ten toes. toes. Yeah. And this moves her so much that she decides not to do it. Kid gets adopted in a private adoption to Christian parents. Everybody's happy that he survived.
1: Okay. Yeah. And, you know, once you are a real human, then. Um, yeah, you have interests. It's uh, awesome that you're here on the earth with us. And you you have full worth as a human. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, that's good to know that you can get that whole message in 13 minutes instead of one hour and 45 minutes. Oh
0: my god, it was so long. We had to watch it in two nights.
1: <laughs> I told Carrie, Drew like, was so
0: annoyed. Here's
1: your here's your assignment for this episode: <laughs> watch Life, Mark.
0: And Drew and I love Christian movies. Yeah, we and you're like, oh, this is great. This is a snore. Oh
1: boy, I've now seen it twice, wow. and uh, because I got to see it five months before anybody else at sure. this conference, which is just. Such an honor. Um, But uh, yeah, like you said, inspired by a true story. And yeah, it's about this kid named David. And we kind of meet him as he's about to turn 18. And uh, his dad is Kirk Cameron. And this film constantly like jumps back in time and forward Mm -hmm. in time. So we can see little snippets from... What David really wants to know, which is, what was his mom's decision making that caused her to give him up? Yeah. And it turns out that she was just very young, got pregnant in high school, and now I'm giving away the the end, but we've kind of done this. She goes to an abortion clinic, but they, they save this for the last possible minute so it can be a real tearjerker, even goes inside, sits in the you know, cold stirrups and everything, but then gets talked out of it by the the person outside who, mm-hmm. like you said, shouts the thing at her. And so then she looks into adoption, finds these parents. Um, Really interesting. She wanted down-to-earth parents. There were so many prospective parents. And there were all these little, like you say, it's more about talking points than storytelling. Mm -hmm. There was like this one moment Mm -hmm. where they're looking at all these letters from prospective parents. And Brian, the young teenage father-to-be, says, I didn't know this many people wanted to adopt. (laughs) <laughs> like that's <laughs> wow. just to communicate like hey you know you right
0: should right, right hey you watcher of movie
1: make sure you see out this whole nine month process and change to your body so that someone can adopt because oh, they are sure. out there uh true they are and you know totally great option you know if, if that's what you want to do but who should be making that decision
0: you probably so then so like abort whatever you want like a board, whatever you want like abort whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> like you're a host with a parasite inside you. Do whatever you want. <laughs> I don't know.
1: So in the story, uh, they're looking at the prospective parents and they see Kirk Cameron and his wife and see that they like to go outdoors a lot. And mm-hmm. so the young woman calls the prospective mother and has one question. Mm-hmm. You said that you'd like to go fishing. When oh, you that's right. When you fish, how do you bait your hook?
0: And she has the right answer, which is disgusting, by the way. Yeah. It's like, take the hook and stab the fi- the living fish the... through the uh, <laughs> ocular socket yeah. into the other ocular socket.
1: Well, we use minnows Ugh. and we put the hook through their eyes. And, <laughs> and so the young woman says, okay, you're the mother.
0: Yeah, if that's how it went, like, I would be so worried about the mental health <laughs> of my incoming child.
1: And later on, she said, shooting forward to current time, they're rehashing all this in front of the sun. You're know, like, well, why was it that you chose me? Oh, because I saw that you weren't afraid to get your hands dirty. <laughs> they were both Christians, even the, the young woman. So yeah, that's how the whole story boils down. But you also have like this little redheaded boy who's a friend of David's named Nate and he films everything he's always making little documentaries and he's the sole comic relief of the whole film mm. and you know he's acting his little heart out to do that absolutely and, you know, hats off to him
0: absolutely true and I kept saying oh when this kid got the call when he found out I'm gonna be the annoying friend he was so happy <laughs> told everybody he knows Nate
1: what a crack up so you know and, and there were moments that were heartwarming because yeah that, that is a wonderful story of someone finding a great family all wonderful but um the presentation is obviously uh very manipulative and they have a goal in mind and that is life mark
0: Uh uh-huh yeah doesn't need to be a movie okay you know i actually know someone who decided and and she's open about this decided in the abortion room to have her kid okay walked out that's great i don't think a protester is involved in the story and she as far as i know isn't religious but just it's like, I changed my mind in that room. And she has a crazy story about talking to the nurse about it and being like, I got to go. What's like the exit for I'm still pregnant? Yeah. Like, what, do I, what, what do I do here? Yeah.
1: Well, A, that's good that she was able to make that decision at any point. Yeah, and and, she seems happy about and it. And I'm sure there wasn't any pushback. You know,
0: right? Yes, the story involves zero pushback. Yeah,
1: yeah like oh, okay, All right. yeah, well, just we're done. mostly
0: like that. The nurse was stunned. Like mm-hmm. it, it was pretty. I guess much later than that usually happens if it's going to happen. But, yeah, I feel like but, well, yeah, there was no like criticism of the staff involved in the story.
1: But I feel like one of the biggest caricatures coming from the Kirk Camerons of this side of the cultural conversation is that somehow. There's anybody just like eager to kill children. Like, that's Mm -hmm. the goal in all of this. That's not what's at issue. What is at issue is when is it? a human being.
0: Right, right. Yeah, like when does it begin to feel? For me it's when does it begin to feel pain? When mm-hmm. when is it actually self-conscious about its own pain?
1: Yeah, I think that is uh I think that's my line as well cuz some people talk about heartbeat or the aforementioned mm-hmm. toes and fingers or a number of other features and uh Carl Sagan and Andrean wrote a piece on that that I thought was really nuanced and
2: trying mm-hmm. to
1: trying to be conciliatory to both sides a bit but says yeah we do have to have a standard for this and they ended up deciding the one in Roe v. Wade is actually a pretty good one Mm -hmm. Uh, and Mm -hmm. it's it's working and it worked for 50 years Mm -hmm. and uh, right now the whole nation is kind of roiling trying to figure this all out all over again.
0: Yeah 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 totally. Uh, This is a slightly controversial thing to say but it is what I think. Those like really ladder 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 term abortions. That's where even the questions rise for Mm -hmm. me. Before that, I have no questions. Do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Those really, really latter ones, I think at that point, most people making that decision are making it because of a pretty serious health problem that I'm probably going to agree with them about. Mm -hmm. But um, I'll admit, like, okay, moral questions have finally been raised, (laughs) you know, really, really late here. Yeah,
1: Life is messy and complicated. There's so many factors here.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: uh, yeah, I just, I don't think you can make these kind of one size fits all prescriptions. So. Anyways, that's my soapboxing.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. I didn't expect us to get so far into abortion here. But yeah. Yeah, but the movie didn't. The movie, like, <laughs> implies it several steps. There are moments where you're like, ah, I think they're talking about abortion. They didn't quite say it, oh, yeah. but you can feel it. Um, and then finally, at the, at the end, end the abortion th- gets raised, but just barely.
1: Well, that was the note that we were left on for this conference, which started, I mean, it was never trying to hide its intent. But uh, Mm -hmm. I think this last few hours really got intense with the explicit political message, anti-abortion message. Like it was just that they kind of gave up like trying to pretend they were being equanimical.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In
1: this this whole approach. Yeah,
0: or that they're trying to reach across the the aisle to leftists Mm -hmm. at all. Right. It's really like kind of shocking to me when people don't even have shame about that. Like, at these trauma conferences I've been going to, some of the people are so vehemently anti-Republican that they'll get up on stage and just talk about, like, those damn Republicans. Mm, and I'm mm-hmm. like, whoa. Like, even even as a person who, who also can't imagine voting Republican, mm-hmm. I would never stand on a stage right. and assume that every single person in the audience in front of me was my political yeah. proclivity. And
1: then either side can find that speaker—
0: Right. At, you know, on
1: either side, and say like, "Well, look that." Now they're saying it out loud. The quiet part, yeah, 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 and that kind of gets painted as the whole
0: yeah. opposition. It's so bizarre. Yeah, all right. so it's really hard for me to imagine. Yeah, because I would, that. I would
1: also kind of cringe at that. Like, oh, let's not put it that way. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right, anyway. anyway,
1: well, this was fun. <laughs> okay. Well, there we go. So this was the end of the arc. Arc.
0: What a bummer! <laughs>
1: yeah, what a great note to end on. But. Uh, Here's a happy note to end on. It's Max Fun Drive. Coming up. This week, we were originally going to take this week off and then come to you with an early Max Fun Drive episode. But guess what? Not only do you get this, but you'll be hearing from us again very soon Mm -hmm. with like a full Max Fun Drive pitch and appeal. And we're going to tell you why now is the best time to support us starting this week through next week and
0: all new content from the conscious life expo 2023 right. can we can we
1: tell them what we're going to be talking about sure
0: twin, twin ray. ray
1: oh wait till you meet twin ray
0: yeah just just go and google those words and see a picture of these two that's all you need to do yeah. is homework
1: Oh man! For what you're coming in what for. What an experience that was. So, uh, yeah, we're excited to share that with you. That'll be our official Max Fun Drive episode. So coming a little earlier, uh, but you can already start supporting us at maximumfun.org/join, and then we'll tell you later why that was such a good idea that you did that. <laughs> now. Yeah. So don't don't wait.
0: And if you want more arc content, <gasps> you'll find that in the bonus. That's right. Content. So we
1: already have the first part of our creation museum. Series, a little mini series we're doing just on the Creation Museum. So, got to visit that. And if you're excited for more Answers in Genesis content, hop on over, become a member. Check out the exclusive member feed, and you'll find that first episode waiting for you. Nice. All right. Well, that's it for our show.
0: Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton.
1: Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer.
0: This episode was edited by Ross Blotcher.
1: And again, support us, MaximumFun.org join. This is the time to do it. Woo! Now is the day.
0: Um, would you say that the arc was mostly pseudoscientific, creepy, dangerous, or pocket-draining?
1: Oh, I'm going to give it extra points for pseudoscience.
0: Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The arc thing.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Giving it a 10. Yeah. Okay. I I don't feel any hesitation there. It was all kinds of pseudoscience really driving home hard the uh, let's pretend this is scientific.
0: Yeah. That seems where it it maxes out for sure.
1: And, uh, you know, creepiness. There's a little bit of creepiness in there. Uh but probably like a five. Well, I don't know, that last day might have driven it up a bit. But yeah, I'll still say five. That's my gut. Pocket drainer?
0: Okay, sure, sure. You can tell them all.
1: Really off the top of my head here.
0: Yeah, how much was this all?
1: $120. So for the
0: Okay. For
1: the conference,
0: not bad. Considering the
1: price of just normally going to the art. Whoa,
0: cheap. Yeah. Downright cheap. So for
1: for this, though I ended up buying a lot of stuff, but that was my own decision. uh, I'm going to say... Mistake? (laughs) I'll say three. Okay, yeah. For this experience, ignoring their normal admission prices and... What's the other one? And
0: you know what? It's free if you think about it because they will forgive their trespassers.
1: <laughs> so
0: just walk on in.
1: That's funny. I visited a Catholic church at night recently and it had a sign saying no trespassing. And my first reaction was, forgive us our trespasses. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: and then I'll say danger rating
0: as Eight. Whoa, okay.
1: I'm saying hi because- They're uh,
0: teaching everyone to shoot guns (laughs) and be paranoid.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and to have really unhealthy views towards science that will have to be untaught later Mm -hmm. when they're less impressionable. Yeah. And uh, they're really focusing on their audience and making life difficult for the whole country.
0: Bikram Chatterjee, who works at Max Fun, he said something to me once that stuck with me. Actually, it was on my honeymoon. I was talking to him. And anyway, Roe v. Wade had just happened. And he said- Carrie science is about seeing around corners. And when people are freaked out, they can't see around corners. Oh,
3: um, Whoa, and really Bikram. stuck with me. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's good.
0: And I think when people are panicked, we do have to teach each other. We have to help each other. Me too. To, to slow wait. down. <laughs> to wait. That's right. Thank and you, Chris peek Shelton. Around, and, peek around corners.
1: And Bikram. Good advice. Yeah. And remember.
5: Big question.
1: Who is,
5: Rules the world. Now, before you answer, I want you to think about this. We've got three different answers to who is the God of this world, the ruler of this world, who is in charge of planet Earth. We've got God as an option, Satan as an option, and man as an option. If you are a secular humanist, you don't believe in God, therefore you don't believe in Satan. There is no boogeyman, there's no invisible grandpa up behind a cloud. It's just us, and it's survival of the fittest, and the dominant will rule. But I'm just assuming that most of us in this room are not in that category. If you are, I'd love to talk to you after the conference. But in here... Satan is the ruler of this world, or God is the ruler of this world.
3: MaximumFun.org.
0: Comedy and culture.
3: Artist owned. Audience supported.